Okay, welcome everybody to sport because we have a lot of football to talk about today. Um, and as always, I am not alone. We have a special guest in the studio, quote unquote, today with us. Um, I have Anton as usual, and I have uh, Dave. Dave is joining the show with us today. Dave, hold on the crowd. Oh, hi, hi everyone. Uh, I, I hope we can have a good conversation today. Really. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. We don't need to hear from we don't need to hear from Anton at all. So we are going to jump straight into it. Uh, uh, yeah, and we are going to start start with the Premier League, and today we are going to start with Arsenal. Um, yeah, so obviously everybody already knows uh, the sort of I won't call it troubles, or just situation Arsenal and most of the clubs really the previously top clubs in the Premier League have been in this past few years. But the question is this, and we're going to start with you, Anton. Um, is Arsenal still the top four team in the Premier League? Okay, I'll first start by saying this. Allowing me to speak first on this topic is going to remove the motivation from every other person that wants to talk about this, because to me, Arsenal is just absolutely abysmal. They are poor. Arsenal is too poor for you to be top four. I'm talking about the English Premier League, which is ranked as this second best league in football at the moment. You can't call it thing like Arsenal to be in the top point in Premier League because there is nothing to show it. This is in right now, as we are speaking, during this long period, Arsenal are currently ninth in the English Premier League table. Ninth. Ninth. Last season, they didn't make top four. Two seasons ago, I don't think they made the top four. So I said, okay, they are, during the time of Arsenal, when they were top four, they were top four for like nine years in a row, which was a very good thing because that was a good coach. But towards the end of his reign, until this moment, Arsenal has not done anything that put them in top four. You could say that traditionally they are a top four team. But before Arsenal were top four team traditionally, Leeds was a top four team. Leeds have, have, have left that they left that hierarchy completely. And right now, say Arsenal has also left the hierarchy. Okay, good good insights. Uh, uh, Dave, do you have anything to say in response? Okay, obviously, obviously, I expected something like this coming from a Manchester United fan. No offense, but you don't just talk without stating facts. For 10 years, Arsenal has left, has, has, not, been, has not been in the top four for three years. I think if I'm, if I'm correct, they've not been in the top four for three years. And in those three years, Manchester United also has not been in the top four. So if you're saying Arsenal is not the top four team, you sure you're saying by implication Manchester United is not. But that's not what we're talking about here. At the moment, Arsenal Arsenal is going through a um, transitionary um, situation. They're going through a process. We've been we were with the manager for about 25 years, I think, if I'm not wrong. So now we're changing. We started with Emery and... It went well at the start, then at the end, it went to shit. Now, well, with another coach, and you can see like their improvement aside all the damage Emery has already done. So, at the moment, if you want to look at things and say which is a top 40, as of now, I, I think, I think um, it would be fair to say Arsenal is not so far behind. Forget the current rankings of the table, but. You could say Arsenal is not so far behind. Maybe not at the moment, not now, not now at this point. But in 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 in, in 
say one to Arsenal should consistently be a top four team, even a team to compete for the Premier League. So uh, that that was that was a thing about. Yes, and and I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Anton, we have had this conversation before. Uh, you know how I feel about this. And my argument here is this: Man City and Liverpool are obviously number one and two when it comes to the Premier League. So that leaves two spots: number three and number four. And it's who fills the spot. And it's Chelsea or Tottenham or Man United or Arsenal. And you look at those four teams, and they all have their problems. Yeah. Um, Chelsea have a new coach. We don't really know what they are going to be next year. We are seeing Jose Mourinho still trying to find his way with Tottenham. And Manchester United, despite playing what everybody thinks is their best football this year, are still seventh in the league. So why, why shouldn't Arsenal be <clears throat> regarded as a top four team? You mentioned that they are traditionally a top four team, so they are used to being in those kind of situations. They know how to put themselves in a the situation to finish at least in the fourth position. They have, for me, the best striker in the Premier League in the last two years in Aubameyang. By next year, Nicolas Pepe gets an extra year. And that defense has been better since Arteta came in. And let's not forget, Bellerin has not been fit. Cierney has not been fit. And they still have William Saliba to come in. So I think if, if they get everybody fit and everybody play 100%, then surely Arsenal gets in the top four. Do you have anything to say about that? I have nothing to say about that. See the players you are talking about in the Arsenal squad. Okay, I agree. Yeah, Nick Aubameyang is probably one of the best strikers even in world football. But Arsenal has absolutely no midfield. Mesut Ozil is too old for him to perform at a high level again. They don't have, they don't have any midfielder that, that you can say is high class, not even talk of world class, just a high class midfielder. Apart from the age, I'm already dying with Mesut Ozil. They're looking at, at their defence. David, David Luiz is about to be 33 years old and he's their main defender then. Socrates is the same thing. I don't know how Socrates is, but I, I, I'm sure he has fathered a lot of children. So what, what I'm saying now is, this Arsenal squad is actually too old for you to say they will become better in two to three years' time. The only hope they have in terms of young players now is Martinelli and Bukayo Saka. And Bukayo Saka, I don't really see him becoming far more better than he is already, but Martinelli has a very high ceiling in going to get somewhere. So Arsenal at the moment are not a top four team. And I don't really see a future for them in the next two, three years, I'll make them get to that top four again, because I can't vouch for Arteta, he learned from Pep, okay, but learning is not the same thing as actually doing, because we saw, we saw what Pep could do, doesn't mean he can do the exact same thing, so to me, I think I'm not that good a coach, he hasn't proven it yet, he, he might be, he might not be, we don't know, but Arsenal doesn't have that potential to be a top four team, and I want to refer back to what um, David said, there's something about Manchester United, Manchester United, yeah, as poor as they have been playing for the past couple of years, we have started to see improvement. During Mourinho's time, Manchester United actually played where they won the Europa League, they won a couple of other trophies. Mourinho had a very abysmal year that Ole has come back, he has taken the helm, and he's taking Man United up. And why I prefer Man United's team right now to Arsenal's team is the players performing for United are very young. Marcus Rashford has 14 Premier League goals this season. He's a very young player. They have a young starting lineup. That's why I can see them actually improving in two to three years' time. I don't see that now. Um, um, okay, I, I, I hear everything you're saying. And um, I'm just going to push this to David. But let me let me mention one or two things. I don't think being being young or having a young team means your team now becomes better. I don't think that makes any sense. I think if for anything the experience is needed, and if you're saying that these players, Manchester United players, 
still have a learning curve to go through. So you're, you're actually admitting that they might actually need more time to process a lot of things than the Arsenal team, which already have. David Luiz at 33 is not too old to play in defense. And, and we know what experience what experience he has. Abayang is a vastly experienced player. And we've not even mentioned Lacazette, who spent his time on the bench. But, but Dave, I would, I would like you to say, or, um, say something about this. Before, before I go to this, let me, let me make one point. What I meant was Arsenal's curve is going down now. Their players have already reached their peak and are on their way down. When Stozil has passed his peak, David Luiz has passed his peak. But Mang is currently at the speaker. We can even say he's already, he's already going down. Their cup is going down. But for other teams, their players are improving, not reducing. Arsenal players are on their way down. So let's let's hear what they have to say on it. Okay, yeah. I, I, I listen to everything you say. You said, and you, you keep talking about young players. But I don't think any team in the Premier League currently has more younger players than Arsenal. Because starting from the back, we have... Um, we have Bukayosaka, we have Saliba in Kogmina, we have um, Mishmitro, we have Eddie Ketia, we have Riz Nelson, we have Makhili, and many others I can't even remember at the moment. So if you're talking about young young players and prospects for the future, Arsenal is up there. So looking at it now, you talked about Mesut Ozil. Obviously, I'm, I'm in love with him. We all know that. It's going down. It's going down. Yeah, because it's getting old. People, yeah, people tend to forget that it's getting old at the moment. Yeah. All I would say is you need, you need these experienced players in your team to win. Shipping shouting your team to win important matches. So, at the moment, Probably, um, what, what you could have said is Arsenal is not really a team because they don't play together as a unit. You watch Man City, you see them play together as a unit. You watch Liverpool, you see them play together as a unit. That's what Arsenal lacks. Player-wise, like, um, man, man-wise, like player-wise, the players we have, Arsenal is up there with the best. We just need someone to come and glue them together and make an ideology for us. And I think at that time, man, it's been a few weeks, I think almost two months, and it's fair to say we'll, that we, 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 we've seen changes, and it looks like it, 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 there's light at the end of this tunnel. So, <laughs> good speed. I, I, I'm getting mad, mad reverb from this side. It's like the audio is messing up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also experiencing. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Oh, yeah, too. Let's let, let, let's let's take a break. Let me take a break. Yeah, I heard what you said, Anthony. You said a lot about young players having young players in the team. Fine. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know any team in probably Europe, if I'm not generalizing too much, that has more young players than Arsenal at the moment. Come on. We, we, we have um, we have Bukayo Saka. We have Saliba incoming. 
Bellerin and Tenny are relatively young. We have Martinelli, we have Oilock, we have Chris Nelson, we have Edin Ketia, and more I can't even remember. So if it's about young players, we, we, we have those. And I feel you can't just can't just dump young players into the old food, the old mix without giving them some experienced players to work with. So that's why you always see Older players in teams, you see, you see Cellini, you see Bonucci, the likes, the likes, they're still playing to now because they still have that experience to guide and lead the the um, younger ones. Come on, before he still plays football, that guy is old enough to be my grandfather and he still plays, plays football. So you see, um, I just feel, I just feel, um, experience-wise, Arsenal has it, but the problem, the the, the the, the missing ingredient is um, the mix, the blend. There's no blend in football. When Arsene Wenger was in Arsenal, before everything went to shit, we were playing very well. There was a, there was an understanding. No matter how bad the players were, come on, we had Bettner, then we had um, Chamak, we had Pemsky um, Lashi, we had the likes of um, people that you, do you wouldn't have even had play played football, you won't know anything about them. And they still came and played really good football because they had the blend. But now, we don't have that blend. Tried it with Emery. Emery was okay at the start and went too conservative and stopped everything. But now, I feel Ateta has what it takes to give us that blend. That we should get there, I think, in a year or two years, or even a shorter time, I think, because you can really see the changes already now. We're getting there, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's, that's wonderful. <clears throat> and I agree with most of it. Not not or definitely not not all, but with, but with most of it. Um, but we are going to do a little improvisation right now. Uh, we are just going to assume and. Anton, I know it's not in your, it's not your system to be uh, pro Arsenal, if if I'll put it that way. But I want all of us here to play general manager <clears throat> for a second, and and we know obviously that Arsenal have a problem in midfield. But um, are there any possible targets, any player or players you feel um, that can make okay. the team better? Uh, and I want David to take first. As Anthony stated, it's our midfield. Our midfield is really bad. So I feel, I feel we need. First of all, I don't think, I don't think we need a DM again. I think we need a midfielder that can connect the midfield in box to box, something like Ramsey. So um, Jacka should leave. Then we should bring in someone like Thomas Party, and um, oh, this guy in um, Leon. Wow, I can't pronounce his name, but I think you can get the hints. A U R O, I think. Yeah. So, guys like that, and also I've been seeing connections yeah. with Philip continue, and someone like that would come and influence the team. But left for me, if I'm to pick a midfield three for us now, I'll pick at the moment for me, I'll pick Kai Abad, I'll pick Thomas Party, and I would pick. Uh, one more, one more. One more. Uh, I, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I want to go with Torreira, but that would be 
too defensive. I'll go with the Leon guy, the Rao guy. So we have something. Okay. Normally, I would have, I would have, I would have gone with Sebaios. I feel Sebaios is not good for the Premier League. So, no Sebaios. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like the midfield of of Pate, Havertz, and whoever. I don't think total reform in that midfield would would make any sense. I think seeing three defense, three new faces in the starting lineup might, might be a little bit too much. But Thomas Pate, um, yeah, obviously has been linked to Arsenal and Kai Havertz too. Um, so I, I, Anton, and, and the problem with Arsenal has always been whether they are willing to spend for but this summer we've seen them spend a lot of money on Nicolas Pepe and they wanted to spend that money on Zaha too. So the, the funds seem to be there and they seem more willing okay, than ever um, to, to I'm to about to say it. something so who are your options that for them? I have never said before. You will never hear me say again. I agree with David. Thomas Patrick right now is like the best midfielder for Arsenal. Like the, the one thing, that kind of midfield, the way he plays is what Arsenal needs right now. The midfielder that can connect the attack to the midfield, that can connect the defense also to the midfield, the box-to-box midfield, that's what they need, Thomas uh, Party. So, I, I like hearing the rumors of them going for Thomas Party because I think Granduzzi is playing well. Granduzzi had a very nice start to the season this season. He played very well. I think he won one of the match, I think three times that I was seeing just now. So, I think Granduzzi has played extremely well. He's he's good enough, but I don't really see him being the star player that Arsenal needs for the next couple of years. At the meantime, so I think having Thomas Pat in that midfield can stabilize it and help them push more. But I, but one midfielder is not enough for them, according to what I think. Thomas Pat is not enough for them. They don't have a playmaker, a good playmaker. Mexico City is the only one they've got and he's ready to old to perform at a high level. So I think they should look for a playmaker. Like David said, Felipe Coutinho. I won't wish Coutinho to go to Arsenal in my in my entire life. But he's that kind of player that Arsenal needs. So after I agree with the uh, Thomas Party that he said. Okay, yes, and we are going to we are going to stay with Arsenal. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and, and that's the fact that Coutinho has been rumored to go to to Arsenal. And you, Anton, and you, David, so you guys know how I feel about Coutinho. I, I'm not really sure how good he is. We, we know we know what he can do, but. I don't know whether he can influence a team that can really, really win. I've mentioned it before. The last time we saw Coutinho play well, it was in Liverpool. And Liverpool were not that good, really. They were not that good when he was there. So, and and him going to Arsenal would be good. But for me, him going to Arsenal would be dependent on whether Ozil stays or leaves. And that means Ateta has to tell, has, has to tell Ozil at the point that he's not good enough for that team. So, so is is that an option selling message to Ozil, or do you see him okay, staying and um, sitting on the bench while Coutinho plays um, if he comes? I feel Ozil still has one more year left with Ateta. I feel because the fact that Ateta came in and even after the whole struggles with Emery, he put him directly into his team. It's just that he has faith in him. He said he said in press conference conference if I remember he said um. Ozil can still provide what he needs if you create the right system around him. So I feel Ozil still has a year. So 
continue might might not be at this moment. Like at this point, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think it depends. It also depends on if if we want to strengthen that part of our of our midfield because obviously we don't have enough funds. That's not common. So we they would want to they would want to make like a scale of preference and say, okay, what do we need at this point? Do we need a box to box? Do we need a ten or do we need a DM defensive midfielder? So. It all lies on the board and um, what they want to do. Or oh, if they are willing to sell a player like like Lacazette, I don't know, then they can generate more funds. But for me, I feel Ozil still has, has um, a year to spend with us now. Then continue. I would say... I'm, I don't know. I don't really... Continue is a very confusing player for me because as Liverpool, it was beautiful for some to watch. But then you looked at that Liverpool team and you say... This team was not good enough because they just had really average players, and it was like when you are with a group of average players, the most average players shines among the average players. And that's what was happening. We went to Barca and nothing. Went to Bayern Munich now with better players, same as in Barcelona. Same thing. It was not. It was not able to start matches. Even at back, I was able to start matches. But he could not really perform. So I'm really skeptical. I feel like they can they can have an influence because at the moment, oh, Arsenal is an average team. Yes, agreed. But we have we have we have decent players. Almost what we could say we have a few world class players. But generally, we're an average team. So we can come and bring in something for us. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with a lot you have you have to say there. And before I kick it to, I think I agree with. I think I agree with the fact that Ozil has one more year. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he just needs a system around him. I think the only problem is you want to play Ozil. That means you need more maybe defensive-minded players. I think what everybody thinks. If you want to play Ozil, then you need more def- defensive-minded yeah. midfield. That might have messed up with the entire chemistry of the team. But I think Mesut still has one more year left in him. And of course, I don't think Coutinho can, can ever be as as good as Mesut Ozil was in his pride. But uh, Anton, what do you have to say well, about when the, Coutinho? When the question more? started, I was feeling good because connecting Coutinho to a transfer is what he means right now. But then David said something about the most average player in an average team. Felipe Coutinho is not an average player. I don't like hearing people use that word for him. He's, he's an exceptional player. In, the thing is, people have already started expecting too much of him that he, he, cannot, he, he cannot provide. They are expecting superstar level. He's not a superstar. He's not Neymar Junior. But that doesn't, provide, that doesn't stop him from being a very high-class player. During those years in Liverpool, when Liverpool were very bad and he was their only sensible good player, he scored nine goals a season. In Barcelona, he scored... 14 goals that season. But people don't see it as much because they were expecting him to play as what Neymar played. Coutinho played well, but he didn't play what they wanted him to play. He, he's not a goal scorer. He's not the person that will come there and keep scoring goals. I think Coutinho coming to Arsenal now, Coutinho is a playmaker. He's the kind of person that facilitates plays. When he's, when he's on the pitch, he has, the defenders always try to come and guard him on top of the bus because they know what he can do from there. They're always trying to lock him down there and use that opportunity to create chances for other players. So I'm thinking Arsenal will be a player like 
Philippe uh, continue. They are trying to get him on a one-year loan, which will be very good for their team. They really need him. But the Mestozi cannot play in the same team with Coutinho at the same time. So one, one, one has to go for the other. If they are getting Coutinho, Ozil has to go. They are keeping Ozil. They cannot get uh, Coutinho. Okay, yeah. And we'll have to move on right now, but we are still going to stay in the spirit of transfers. Um, some deals have been completed. Then over the past few days, and the first one we are going to talk about is Icardi's um, loan deal at PSG made permanent. And Anton, you're going to have first on this one. What do you think about the deal? And the side that benefits most from, from this deal, deal is Icardi, not PSG or Inter. Actually, Icardi, because after the whole saga that happened in Inter Milan, the argument with the management and all that, no team was going to trust Icardi. No team. Man, Manchester United were looking to buy him initially, but because of all those troubles, they didn't want to sign him anymore. No team was going to touch Icardi. His career was going to go to waste. But PSG took the risk in getting him on that level and he played very well. So them acquiring permanently is his only hope. They are the only team that are willing to get him right now and he's a very high-class team. So I'm saying, but Icardi now has gotten probably the deal of his life. He's going to play in PSG. He's going to win titles in PSG because those people are the only ones in the entire France. So, he's going to win a lot of titles here. He may actually compete for the Champions League this season because a PSG are on the road. Neymar, Neymar is back from injury. So, Neymar, Icardi and Mbappe is looking like a very formidable forward. So, he may actually get to do something. So, I'll say the side that benefits from this mode is Icardi himself. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, that, that was nice. Um, David, do you have anything to say? is a very controversial person, so you could say he has more problems off the pitch than on the pitch. So for him to get such a deal at PSG means that it was so lucky for me because he could. He he has he has so much problems connected to him. Imagine even in, I think even in the Argentine Argentina's um, squad, he still has issues there. At um, where was he at before Inter Milan? It was. There was there was a lot of problems for him there. So you could say he got the best deal there. PSG for me don't really need him. I don't think they need Icardi at the moment, but it would be an addition to them. But still, um, I agree with Anthony. Yeah, it's something that happens once in a lifetime. Uh, Icardi got the Icardi got the best deal there, and PSG should try to get the best from him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that was nice and nice. So, yeah, I don't think anyone has really mentioned the fact that maybe PSG don't actually need him. Uh, but I, I don't think that's the case. Um, Cavani obviously is going on a free um, this year. So, I think they need PSG, might be in need of, of a striker. And I'll say this again I know he has a lot of problems with, with Inter Milan, and this is probably not even possible. But Inter Milan are looking to, to, to sell or Barcelona are looking to buy Lazio Martinez. And just imagine Kaku and Ikadi. It's not going to happen, but I, I think that, that would have looked like a nice, a nice, nice partnership. Uh, but we're going to move on now. And that's um, to Igalo's extension. Um, Manchester United or the Chinese club have accepted the loan extension. So Igalo stays in Manchester United till January 20. 
just like Anthony was being pro Arsenal a few minutes ago, I would like you to be pro Manchester United or not. I, I'll tell you what you think I, about I, I, I don't know how to feel about this. First of all, I'm on one, on one side, I'm really happy for Igalo because as a as a Nigerian that came from the grassroots and grew to this extent, it's really a great thing for him to play for such a big club like Manchester United. United. On the other side, Manchester United, what were they thinking? Why Igalo? I watched Igalo in the Afghans, the just concluded one, and you could see a dead player. You could see a player that could barely impact the team in any way. You could see you could see Nigeria went out of that stuff, that tournament because of Igalo. Because I, I don't know, he lacks I don't, it lacks the, the 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 intensity you need from a player. Maybe maybe it was because he was playing for Nigeria. I don't know because things like that happen happen to Nigeria. They play better for their clubs than they do for their country. That's it. Some players, not only Nigerians, I'm not generalized. But I'm still no, no matter how much I try to put, make sense of it, I still think Man United are on some cheap crack or something because. Why, why, Galo? Why? I can't. Well, I, I wish, I wish, I wish Galo the best. That's all I would say. I wish Galo the best. Oh my God! Oh, my. uh, I thought I had to cover my mouth to, to laugh for this. You said my letter we on cheap crack. Yeah, that's the question. Why, Galo? The question is why not Galo? Igalo is a striker at a very old age. They are not they, they are not signing him for someone that they can keep for long, someone to just impact a little bit on the young players and leave. So he was probably the best person to fit in the shoe. He came in three starts, he, he has four goals, which is something extremely good for any player in the whole world. Three starts having four goals is not is not something that is that is easy. Igalo was chosen. Igalo was chosen because Rashford got and wasn't sure when he was going to return. So we signed Gallo just to fill in the shoes of Rashford to help them get goals. Gallo now outplayed their expectations. They didn't expect him to play as good as he did. The fans love him, the club loved him. He's even asking for too much in form of wages. So I think he was probably the best forward they could have picked at that particular moment. There was no other person to, to pick just for a temporary period, just to hold down the foot for a little while. So now them expecting the loan right now. I don't think can't say it's a good thing. And the initial loan was a very good idea, but right now I can't really say if it's good or not because I don't really see I, I, I don't see the point in having a player play half a season they're leaving because his loan contract ends January. So I don't see a point having a striker play they're leaving in January. Then they have Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, they have players eager to, to play in that front. They are still to sign Santo or Mahara. Having Igalo right now is not the right thing for the team. They are trying to build a team for the future, not a team for, for right now. So to me, Igalo is, is not the right player for them to have. It was not right for them to have extended his loan contract. Okay, uh, okay. Well, wonderful. And Dave, I was expecting you to be a little bit more pro but but you went on that on that rant. And the Igalo deal, I like it a lot. I think for me, it shows that they did their assignment in terms of 
what player to bring in because at Watford, he was very good coming off the bench for them when they were in the championship. I think he got double-figure goals off the bench. And then he played also very well on the bench before he became a starter when they came into the Premier League. So goals from the bench is what they were looking for when they decided to sign Odio de Gallo. And like I hear you say, say what to the background. Like I hear all that. I'm using, I'm using super, super ears. So, so yeah. But, but that, that's, the, that's the truth. And that's the fact. And I've mentioned this before. Is who else would you get who would be comfortable to stay on the bench? And why not someone who's, who has always dreamt of, of playing for Manchester United? He, he, every time he comes, comes in, whether it's two minutes, one minute, five minutes, whether he starts the game, he looks hungry as ever. And four goals in three starts is, is a big deal as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I'm happy about the extension. I don't care if, if it feels like a Nigerian bias. I'm, I'm happy about everything. I was happy about the loan deal at first. I'm happy about the extension. And, and none of your rants can, can make you change that, right? So we're going to move on now. And that's the pianist. And Juventus, for some reason, seem to be shopping pianists everywhere. There are rumors with Sari um, um, wanting a swap deal for Jorginho. Um, a few days ago, I saw, saw rumors about them wanting to, to sell him to Barcelona. Um, and this, this is really confusing to me because I think he's, he has, for me, I think he's a very good player there. Um, what, what, what do you this think is sound like a very controversial this, topic this for me because I'll first say one thing I hate Sari I hate everything Sari is about Sari's style of football Sari's choice of players I hate everything about Sari I didn't watch a single Chelsea game last season that I enjoyed except when they trashed Arsenal in the Europa League final that game was really nice apart from that no other Chelsea game last season actually seemed nice to me I don't like Sari he has come to Juventus now. Juventus look like a struggling team, a team that has comfortably won this year for how many years? Look like they are, they are struggling to stay on top. So I don't really like Sari. So Sari's choices are, they are, yeah, I don't understand. I don't. They are marvelous to me. I don't understand how, how he thinks, what he chooses. I can't really see. I understand because Pjanic is the only sensible midfielder in Juventus at the moment. Emmanuel is just a workaholic. He likes to move around, but he's not a natural playmaker. Kianich is the only one they have. Kianich is just 28 years old. He still has three or four more uh, good years in him. So why they are trying to shop him off for someone like Jorginho, I have no idea. I don't, I, I can't even think of a reason why. So I can't really comment on this topic that much. But to me, it's a very huge mistake. If they actually go through with it, they are just en- ended up empowering Chelsea while co- collecting a, a player Chelsea that don't even really need in the first place. Yeah, and and I think I agree with everything. I seriously don't understand what the deal is all about. Apart from the fact that I think they just have a lot of midfielders. They got Rabio and Ramsey on the free, and they got Blaise Matuidi. I I don't even know what that one was about. We saw them shop and return to to Dortmund earlier and in the transfer window. But Dave, what do you, what do you think about Tiadis uh, being in the market? And maybe maybe <laughs> it might be a good fit for us now too. Tiadis for me is a very decent player above average, obviously. So okay. I don't I think you're looking at it from the wrong side. You're looking at it from the players wanting wanting to shop him off. I know Chelsea um, the fact that they they, they swap deal with Jorginho and um, Granite is because Sari wants Jorginho. I don't know why he wants him. Okay, so that's one part. But the fact that Barcelona wants Granite just shows that he's a very good player and they consider that he's someone that could improve their team. Granite could improve any team 
because he's is is so calm on the ball. So he, he he can pick the pass, the assist, the creates chances. So he's a very decent player. But from the point of view of Juventus, I I don't know why they were going to sell Pjanic. You, yeah, you could say they have um, the midfield problem of so much midfielders. They have a lot. I don't understand Juventus. Their midfield is something else. So I don't understand why you would want to. Offload Pjanic. Probably Sari doesn't like him because that's the only explanation. Sari has some specific players he loves and he always sticks with them. Jorginho, for example, and I'm sure he's going to try to get him. Or if he, he'll probably get him because they are in like a love relationship or something. But Pjanic is okay for Barcelona for me. And he could go there, he could come to Chelsea and perform wonders. He could come to Arsenal also. Who knows if this. The stars uh, are favorable for us. Yeah, it could come to us and improve. So, on 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 either side, Pjanic is a decent player. A club like Barcelona could want him because he's very good. That's one side. And on the other side, Sarri probably doesn't want him. And they want someone else being on that base on the midfield. But yeah, that was I think. Yeah, that's, it, it'd be nice if Arsenal would get <coughs> Pjanic and Manchester United get um, Thomas Party instead. That, that would be wonderful. Uh, but we have to move on now. Okay, um, our last segment for today is all about the Champions League. And um, we know that the Champions League have been... They have a new format now. Uh, they're going to start on August 8th. And they will have, they will play out the rest of the round of 16 games that they have to be played. And then they play the quarterfinal in one leg fashion, a semi-final in two legs, and then the final. Um, but the question is this, and we'll start with you, Anton, is what's your pick for the team to win the Champions League this year? My pick is FC Barcelona, the team of the greatest of all time, you know, Messi. Because I see Barcelona are, are playing every other team. By August 8th, when they are resuming the Champions League, every single player in, in Barcelona will be fully fit. They will have both, they will have all of Messi, Suarez, and Griezmann play. That, those three in forward can score you 20 goals, 50 goals a season normally. So in the Champions League, I don't see any other forward that has more goal-worthy capabilities than, than Barcelona. They have a very nice midfield based on defensive midfield that Sergio Busquets is probably the best DM for the past couple of years. They have playmakers, De Jong and Otto. They have a complete squad and they have Lionel Messi. First, the most important thing to know is they have Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi is by far the best player that have ever kicked a ball professionally. So what I would say, what I would say is this: other things might be might be good. I think Bayern is on a roll in all competitions this season. They are they are looking like they, they might storm the world. There is Juventus has Ronaldo second best. There are other things, but I would say this: Lionel Messi and FC Barcelona this season are looking like the best. This is Messi's last chance. This is Messi's last chance of winning the championship because Messi can't play fully well next season. He's already getting too old. If he can't play fully well. This is Messi's probably his last chance of winning the Champions League, and I see him actually doing it this season. Okay, Dave, your pick. Okay, um, 
I heard a lot about what Anthony said, and I agree with some. I some I don't agree with. I feel Messi can still win the Champions League next year, two years from now, because that guy is nice. Yeah. Not been, he's out of this thing, but that's not the point. Um, you look at the teams left in the Champions League now, and you see teams that are struggling, FC Barcelona inclusive, because you look at them and you see. Take out Messi from that team and they're struggling team because they, they they still seem to lack something. I don't know what it is. I think they lack a coach or something else that we don't know. Yeah, there, there, there are a lot of teams there. You have Bayern, you have PSG, you have um, Juventus, and you have Napoli, you have um, Chelsea. Okay, obviously going out. But you look at you look at you look at these teams and you see good teams, world class teams with. One problem or the other, you can't see a perfect team. Sorry, I forgot to mention this. They all have issues. But for me, I would say when it comes to when it comes to it, when you have to decide, you have to give it to Mr. Champions League, Ronaldo, because he's, he's, a, he's a game decider when it comes to what the player can do in the Champions League. As you all know. That's to be Cristiano Ronaldo. So my pick should be um, Juventus. Yeah, that was that was that was really nice. I, I like the point about Barcelona not having the coach. Really, the, obviously they they just they got rid of Valverde and they got whoever that was. And nobody really knows how well he's going to be in that Barcelona team. Um, and I also like the fact that it's not a lot of teams in the Champions League are perfect. So I think my pick is perfect. And that's Bayern Munich. They have the best striker in the world right now. Sejnabri has been fantastic this year. Up to 10, 10 goals, 10 assists. So I think even more than that. Um, Thomas Muller has seven assists this, this year. I'm sorry, 18 assists this year. And seven goals, which is, which is, which is more than what De Bruyne has been doing in the Premier League. And we all seem to fall in love with that. So I think Bayern Munich are really, really good. Obviously, they have our buildings that left back with a lot of promise. And Pava, the French man on the other side, really, really good player. And and they have a good team around. And for me, that, that would be my pick um, to win the championship. You guys have any objections? Okay. Um, okay, I want to say something about this point you both just made about Baka not having a good coach. When Baka won the Champions League in 2015, they had Luis Enrique. Enrique is barely an average coach. The thing is, having Messi in your team overcomes having a bad because Messi on his own guides the team. He pushes the team to do what he thinks best. His own, his own mind, his own football mind, he's their captain, his, his own football mind is at an extremely high level. Messi needs the other team. So, their, their coach, I, I agree that their coach right now is looking very... He's looking very shaky. He's a new coach. He's a training coach, actually. So he's looking very shaky. We don't know what he will or won't do. But I think with the squad they have now, having Messi, Griezmann, and Suarez, they can o- overcome every other team. Yeah, that, uh, that's nice. But like like every other team, we'll have to see. I, and it's been a, a wonderful um, um, show that we've had here today. I've had a lot of fun here today. But David, you being our visiting analyst today, you're going to have the last word. Messi or Ronaldo, who is the better player? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, four, nine. You're wasting a lot of time, Dave. Lionel Messi, I thought you were doing a countdown. My God. It's obvious, Lionel Messi is the best player. Ronaldo. We have to go. We have to go. Lovely show. Thank you.
Thank you. Yeah. Nice Thank having you. me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jiggy, guys. <laughs>